welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Spurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, um, <clears throat> July is mercifully almost over. <laughs> It's been it's been a very, very, very sports free couple of weeks for me. Sports betting free couple of weeks for me. I'll be damned if I can find an edge in women's world cup. Uh these results just feel I like was so excited random, for it. Random generator just, yeah. is spitting out these numbers. I, the time. The time and the time just sucks. Yeah, yeah. I I check it every morning. I'm like, okay, that happened, and then move on. Uh, hopefully uh, you know, the US women some... don't lose to Portugal tonight. I would hate to be out yeah. this early. With um, some tennis and obviously like AFL and there's some things I don't mind like hey I'm just tailing somebody on this sure I just want to wake up and find out if it won I must set <laughs> flash score and first thing you do is you open flash score and you get that morning fog and you say like which team did I bet what and did then, I have again like all right they did they win by enough or did they not lose you know and then you, you after like ten seconds you realize like, yeah I should just open my sports book and see how the money is yeah uh, but no like. I really do enjoy watching international soccer. Um, maybe my favorite. I, I, I like that more than any club soccer. Yeah, or else that's like a hot take. Like, oh, no, the no, World no, Cup yeah. is popular. Andy. I mean, we're not we're not like club soccer people. So I mean, no, and I'm, yeah, I'm just right, not yeah. club soccer people. You're right, but but like I, th- that's what's killed it for me. Because man, the you know the Euros that the Euros are in the morning. I love that having a couple matches every morning and. When the World Cup is uh, in the right spots, the timing is great. It just kind of sucks. So, <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to – I'm glad it's football. We have the Hall of Fame game this Thursday. I think we'll probably touch on that a little on the Wednesday pod, just, uh, you know, give yeah. it a little love. But, I mean, yeah. it's the shittiest of the preseason games. Yeah, I have uh... – it, I hope you enjoyed the 3M. I'm, you know, thankful that golf is pretty much over <laughs> for the year. I did not. Yeah, the playoffs. Year. Um, and uh, yeah, I spent most of my time this last week watching sports. I was watching something I couldn't even bet on, which was wor- World Championships of Swimming. Um, that yeah, ended how about up being Ledecky? freaking awesome. Ledecky in the 800, man, boy, she dropped the hammer on Titmus. Titmus wasn't even in within. I don't even think she got second. She got third. Uh, that was a shocker because Tidmus was kind of pointing at that race and was going to try to make a run at her, and she just was not not close. To, I think Ledecky still has the 30, 30, 31, 32 fastest times ever in the 800 free, which is amazing. Uh, Tidmus was incredible in the 400 free, uh, where she set a world record. Looks like she had something in the tank still. Um, but overall, uh, World Swimming's was a great, and it was a great to kind of get the juices going before the Olympics next year, kind of get a sense of where everybody stands. Um, America, the gap between Australia and America has closed, and then actually we've been passed. <laughs> this is it wasn't a one it wasn't a one year hiccup in Tokyo. Uh, the Australian national team is sick, sick, sick. Uh, and they've just wiped the floor with us in terms of gold medals. Ultimately, we got a lot of silvers, whoop-de-doo. Uh, they beat the pants off of us in the relays. Uh, China is going to be a factor in Paris, which I was not expecting. Um, they have a couple of fast you know, candidates for some golds. Uh, France uh, was one of the cooler stories of women swimming worlds. One uh, gold in the two-fly, two-I-M, two-four-I-M. Uh, uh, all the same guy, Leon Marchand. Uh, and he's going to be the hero of France in France. Um, but it was a great, uh, great worlds. Um, Canada and U.S. got better as the meet went in 
you know, went on, which I think maybe was like a little bit of a time zone effect potentially. Um, so I think it's going to be decision time about whether to fade Australia uh, and their swimmers in us in Paris, because that's used to be how it always was. We, we have about yeah. 362 days. It's, it's yeah, about a year it's, away, but it's it tough, is, uh, it is interesting big decision. to get a, yeah. Yeah, get a good kind of bearing on where people yeah, are. Yeah, this is a long way to tell a story that, uh, Andy, we need football to start. <laughs> it needs to come. And, and we do. Soon. We have the Hall of Fame game this, yes. this week. Big uh, news last week. Next yeah. Thursday, Friday through yeah. the weekend. Like, I'm excited to, to watch some of that. I've no, I've been taking to, and you know, we do some research for these and mostly, mostly reading and some podcasts while I'm out doing stuff or walking and, or, you know, just on the drive in, you listen to some other people's podcasts, see what their takes are. Cause every once in a while there's like, Oh, I hadn't thought of that. And I like that, but yeah. I have taken to watching a lot of like those, not even like game, you know, condensed games. Mm-hmm. It's like the, uh, the giants Titans. It was just the ending of that one from week one last year. Like I watched like a, it was like a 20 minute YouTube video that I spent most, I didn't fast forward very much. I've watched a bunch of those. I do enjoy some of the film breakdown stuff. Well, that one game was crazy. And we'll save that for talking about the giants, but the uh, yeah. giants had some wild wins early in the season last year. Um, that was one of them because they went for two at the end of the game to win. Right. Which one? Um, the Giants Titans when you mentioned. I think they went for two to win. And then there was, the a, game, there was right? a missed uh, missed field goal. Missed field goal give, that would have won it for the Titans. That's right. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, we need the preseason to get here. Uh the camp news is, you know, other than the the burrow scare. Uh yeah, and the Jalen Ramsey uh, out to December. Uh tough, tough, tough. If you had any kind of enthusiasm for the Dolphins challenging the Bills, that kind of threw a cold water on that for me. Because now their defense goes down to middle of the pack from an outstanding unit on paper. Their DBs go down to 20th, uh, which is not great considering how many amazing uh, quarterbacks are on their schedule. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, we've uh, we've also solved that uh, it looks like the um, Desmond Ritter experience will not work out, period. Uh, there were three, several, several clips circulated, Andy. I don't know if you saw, but he's, he's he doesn't have it. Uh, we've decided based on, you know, July uh, clips. <laughs> no. um, yeah, so I'm it, 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 it is fun. The, the July clip thing deserves a little bit of shine, too, before we get into the commander's preview. It is it is either like whatever whatever the storyline needs to be. It's usually like, hey, here's our highly drafted rookie. Look at him catch his ball. It's like, wow, the, there wasn't even really a safety there. And the cornerback was a coach. It's like, you know, good, good for him. And, you know, granted, these guys are, you know, high-level athletes, and a lot of them will have very good years. But it's like, are we really making big leaps off a lot of this? Like, we hope this guy's good, but we shouldn't be using this clip. Yeah. A lot of yeah. what I my, – my favorite things to read are from negative camp reports, when they actually do get a little real. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't been great out of Chicago camp. There's been a, a few uh, – Courtney Cronin, I think she used to be a Vikings reporter. Actually, she's down down in Chicago. She was pretty, pretty not uh, excited about the offense for the Bears. How they looked. My favorite, my favorite one is though. Whenever the guy has a a bad, you know, session, especially like a quarterback. And I do have a conspiracy theory. And usually this is Drew's department. But before we get into anything, <laughs> one conspiracy theory for me is when they say like, "All right, we're gonna run one last play." It's like, does the defensive coach just kind of tell his guys to dog it? 
Because how many reports do you say, like, uh, you know, let's just say Rod Rogers was like three for 12, eh, but he did throw a, you know, a really nice touchdown on the last play of the, you know, it's always like the last play is like, hey, he threw a long bomb to, to Watkins and, and then we had a nice touchdown and uh, that was a, a great way to close the day. <laughs> I, I, that is my conspiracy theory. That they just let them because you don't want to send your court. No, and it's no. probably the right thing to do. Like your defense, if they know, hey, we dogged it on there. Like, shh, you don't want to send your quarterback into into the tunnel having a bad day. He needs a little bit of. A break. Yeah, I, I think I I don't think it's conspiracy theory because I think I, I don't know that the offense is. I don't know that the guy who's responsible for calling it. He he's not like okay, this is the last play. He's like ready to call it, waiting. For oh yeah, one. That, that's oh, the other part of yeah, it. Like, yeah, all right, we're done. We're done. Yeah, that's it. Yep, let's walk off. Let's walk off. Um, no, okay. So the oh, it's, it's like my kids. They get, that was yeah, a good one, one more uh, until I do it. That was a good segue though to talking some commies um, because the 2022 commies camp buzz was bad. Uh, it was a lot of. Uh, what's the what's the plan here? Uh, we're really gonna run Wentz out here and think that we're gonna compete. Like, what? Where's Chase Young? What's uh, you know, this team is they look out of sorts. Doesn't look like the I don't know the offensive coordinator and the head coach don't seem to be getting along. The defensive coordinators on QAnon sites and 4chan doing some weird shit. Like it was it was a just a general black cloud over a franchise that had a problem. Uh, and that was that it had cancer at the very top of the highest order. And if we're going to kind of point out, you know, deltas among, you know, franchises going from 2022 to 2023, I think commies breathing a little fresh air because Dan Snyder is gone. Uh, and he was uh, an absolute stain on the entire NFL. I don't think that there is much you can say positive that he brought to the sport. Probably one of the worst owners we've had in professional sports in a while. I'm sure there are others uh, that, you know, did more terrible things, but he yeah, was it's the, not the a Sterlings good and the shots yeah. of the world. Like it's yeah. his name. Will, uh, probably does Sterling probably the last. If we had to do a, all right, quick Mount Rushmore of this. Yeah. Donald Sterling, Marge, Marge shot. Yeah. Daniel, this is the Mount. Daniel, yeah. Dan Snyder. Snyder They're all, he's on the Mount Rushmore with those guys. I don't know who the, somebody, somebody in the chats can have to come up with the fourth bad owner. March yeah. March shot was no March shot is she was, number one. Yeah, some of she, her some of her sound something. bites were really rough. She was something. Um, she, yeah, she, yeah. She, she she was loud about it. So yeah. well, someone will have to come up with one there. But yeah, that that is a huge plus. Uh, I don't think you just see like dividends instantly, but there has to be. You know, we joked about this a little bit. The Patriots, like, hey, you know, all things being the same, we. If I'm Nuke, maybe I don't want to go where Bill O'Brien is. If the two contracts are the same, and I think the teams are about even for as far as how they could help, how they could fare this year, that has to happen at some point where they're doing coaching searches, even at the lower levels. Like I'm trying to find a, you know, a, a tight ends coach or you know an offensive assistant here. I'm like well, I don't want to go work there, you know. And it's crazy how many coaches came from that that Shanahan tree yeah. really early in his tenure because there's yeah. a lot of good coaches that came out of that tree and then you know you just wonder if they've had you know, all the way into the scouting department if people have been like hey I have two job offers I'm just gonna choose not Washington so you know there there might be some 
you know, some benefits down the road to oh, for sure. The kind of people they can bring in to turn this around. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been a while. It's crazy. They made the playoffs two years ago. I forgot. It was a, the seven and nine division winners. Oh, and that's right. Honestly, when I thought about this team at first glance, and if you would have like quizzed me and said winning season, losing season, um, I would have been very sure they had a losing season before I looked at the, the standings again. Oh, yeah. I started to dig into this. I'm like, holy shit, they were 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. It was uh, it had been a long time. I think it's like 15 years since the, the cellar dweller in any division has had a, you know, a 500 record or better. And they, they had a lot of weird games, but they had a lot of nice things going for them. It was just missing, you know, a few links here and there. And it's like, oh, you have a you have four really good defensive pass rushers or just a really good front four, a little iffy in the coverage unit. It's like, hey, man, you have, you have a lot of good skill position players. And then this is your quarterback that you're going to go with. And then, of course, uh, obviously, the, the offensive line probably, I don't know where you had them last year, bottom five for me, I'm guessing – most rating yeah. systems would have it bottom five. So it's like bottom 10 for real, me. real yeah. feast or famine f- as far as uh, positional groups last year. And that's how you get kind of wonky results or middling results at best. And I kind of want to give them credit. I feel like maybe, and this could all be bullshit. And it just, this is just, you know, more results than what they were actually going for. But they ran the ball so much because they had quarterbacks who turned the ball over and Mm. they didn't have high efficiency plays. They didn't have a high success rate, but they were middling enough and their defense played well enough that it just kept them in games. And it goes back to that old, you know, that analytics kind of thought exercise of, hey, you're the worst team in the NBA. You're playing the 2018 Warriors or whatever. Um, you know, would you would you rather play them for forty eight minutes, or would you rather play them first team to score a basket wins? Mm-hmm. It's like it's the same kind of thing. If you if you they kept themselves in all these games by playing, you know, just kind of middling football, and they were they were in a lot of close games late, and they ran the ball a lot, and again they weren't efficient or good at it. They ran <laughs> the ball and played defense, and it kept them in games somehow. And, you know, when they ran into a really good team, mm-hmm. they'd, sometimes they'd get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. Uh, you know you, you know what the answer is, right? They played an easy schedule. This was yeah, an easy, this was an easy schedule of opposing quarterbacks. And actually, this is an important thing to keep in mind, not just for this preview, but for three of the four previews we're going to do this week. Because other than the Cowboys, the NFC East did not play good quarterbacks last year. They drew very, very positive opponents in terms of quarterback strength across the NFL, and that allowed them to have portions of their season where they had success. It was a wild dichotomy of team performance under Taylor Heineke versus Carson Wentz. Uh, kind of funny that uh, that it, it broke this way, but um, let's see. Carson Wentz was 2-5 and five as a starter in seven games, I believe. Uh, and uh, Taylor Heineke was five, three, and one. Uh, so the middle portion of the season where the uh, commanders were finding success uh, was under the under the um, um, uh, under the powers of uh, Taylor Heineke. But again, this came against Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, 
Houston, Atlanta, they tied the Giants, they beat the Jaguars early in the season. Uh, and, you know, the really the one standout win on their entire calendar was the Week 10 win against the Philadelphia Eagles, where they stopped the Eagles winning streak. So the Eagles were undefeated at that point, Monday night game, 10 and a half point dogs, and they showed up. Uh, that was yeah. the game that ended up the funny penalty. So Taylor Heineke was- got hit late yeah really leaned into it got the flag and got up and celebrated got to, getting yeah, the drive. and then that was that was a you know if you look at that final score that did have one of those um i had a pitchy dipsy, pitchy woo woo yeah pitchy end. pitchy woo woo yeah. to extend that lead out because yeah it should have been like a five a th- point win there, there yeah. was the pitchy pitchy woo at the end but that, yeah that was a good win and a weird little nugget <laughs> Two out of the last three years now, they've been the team that ended the longest, you know, the final undefeated team. They they were the ones oh, wow. that took down. Do you remember this? You know, we talk about fraudulent teams and we, you know, we did Minnesota already, but do you remember the 11 and 0 Steelers? <laughs> yes. Year? Yes. They, they were the team that took them out too. And yeah, that, that was a, that was they a did show up. The, the Eagles didn't show up as much. The pass rush was not, um, I don't know. It just didn't didn't look the same as how it looked in the first game, where they really, really limited them. And obviously, different quarterback at that time. But uh, yeah, they showed up. They got a win, and they were they were plucky. They stayed with teams. That was obviously the by far the signature win. You look at some of the other ones around that time. It's like oh, you beat the Colts, you beat the Texans, you beat Atlanta at home. You know, even the Green Bay win that was at home, and that was a team that's really struggled to kind of find an identity offensively sometimes during that season. You beat yep. the Bears by five. Good job. Oh, that was an ugly game. That was a prime timer too. 12 7. You remember that that trash? Oh good God, that was a bad one. Um yeah, I think ultimately win total was seven and a half. You finished with eight wins. I think they were kind of a buzzy team, or am I thinking of two years ago? There was a year where the committee, I think last year they were a little on the buzzy side. They they were. And they finished fourth in their division. Um, it was a weird buzz because the Eagles buzz was so strong. Yeah, there right. were people that believed in the team for, and basically for the same reasons. Like, hey, there's a really good pass rush to be had here. There's yeah. some really good skill position players. Carson Wentz did it once. <laughs> he can do it again. And yeah. obviously, the answer to that was he can't. Um, they end up starting. Mm. You know, we got Heineke, and then we got some. Uh, was it Howell? Howell for the last game, then? Yeah, Howell won fifth, the uh, final game against the Cowboys, and that was really uh, only half the starters. Game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's so. Last year, they were a team that had a an obvious reason not to buy in on them, which was Carson Wentz, and yet ultimately, like I think, if he starts all the games, then we're probably you're maybe you're hitting your all under. Uh, maybe just the stability you had under Heineke was enough to get you a couple of wins against some teams that were playing pretty, pretty questionably um, in the middle of your schedule there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they go into the off season for sale, I suppose uh, it's uh, it's change in ownership. Wonderful. But I think to a degree that handicapped the front office and the decision makers from really making us any swings, right? Like the fact that you're coming in here with plan A is Howell and you, but then they signed Jacoby Brissett a little bit weird. 
uh, to put those two together and say you're one A and you're one B in the QB room. Uh, you know, they had the space if they wanted, they could have made a move for Lamar Jackson. Um, they, you know, they definitely, I don't really know how their, you know, future dollars are allocated here, but um, you're, you're paying the least for the quarterback of anyone in the league right now. Cause you have a guy in year two who's what a fifth round draft choice who, yeah. uh, you know, is making next to nothing. And so you're maybe this wasn't exactly the total perfectly thought out plan, but if it works, then now you have, you know, maybe you push a bunch of chips in the table to fortify certain parts of your roster for next year and try to win a, you know, try to win something with Sam Howell when he's on a cost control deal. Uh, I don't personally think that will, any of this will work, but uh, it certainly is, it's a strategy. It's a vision, I guess. Uh, and I don't really, uh, yeah, can't really fault them for, you know, doing this, considering that you had all the uncertainty at the very top of the franchise with the owner being forced out. So, um, you know, 2022, technically on paper, it was a success, even though you finished fourth in your division uh, for, you know, after week 12, you know, you definitely thought maybe we're a wild card. Well, I mean, that's, and then yeah, they you, weren't you know, eliminated, you, you Drew, until that down the stretch. Yeah, that uh, the Cleveland game. The Cleveland they were loss, still yeah. in that mix. They were in that weird, you know. They were going to get the last wild card of, spot. Yeah, you had that group of teams: the Lions, the Seahawks, the Giants. Uh, you know that that whole mess that was sitting there, and I guess we nobody was like hopeful because they'd lost to the Lions already. You know, heading into that Niners game, they were 0-1 and oh or oh one and one versus the Giants. So you have two tiebreakers that are lost right away. Like it wasn't super hopeful, but they were still in it. And obviously the, the Niners game didn't go very well. That uh, secondary looked pretty rough against them. And then we, we get back to the Wentz experience a little and then eliminated versus the, the Browns in week 17. Mm-hmm. Like you said, play sort of the Cowboys in week 17, get a win to have the 500 record, but there was a lot of coin flips that happened throughout the season. A lot of coin flips. Uh, they, and you know what else there were a lot of? A lot of them. You know what else there were a lot of, Andy? Unders. <laughs> this yeah. team went under 12 out of the 17 games. Uh, the overs included uh, giving up 37 points to the Niners. So apparently your defense and the Jack Del Rio scheme, not great against uh, the Shanahan uh, you know, kind of vision for running offense. Uh, the Philly game went flying over, although if we take out the the uh, pitchy pitchy woo woo that might have been closer. Uh, Green Bay went over barely. Uh, Detroit flew over because they gave they scored thirty six points. Otherwise, this was a pretty consistent team that was playing first to twenty wins. First to twenty wins, Andy, against some bad yeah, quarterbacks that gets straight, eight wins in today's NFL. Straight back to what I said about hey, <laughs> we're gonna we don't care if we're not good at running the ball, we're gonna continue to run the ball. Yeah. Not going to turn it over as much, and yeah, that I mentioned good defense. The defense as a whole ranked well. You know, some deficiencies in the secondary, and those probably remain. But they didn't force turnovers either. They were they were good at you know kind of grinding teams in between the twenties and uh, you know not, not getting a lot of those. Uh, I think if you looked at some of those charts of like EPA gained per turnover mm-hmm. or EPA per just uh, some of the defensive EPA metrics, 
it would maybe not match up as well as how they're ranked overall. But they, like I said, they had some good position groups that played really well, and they just didn't get some of that. Despite having the luck in some of those close games, they didn't get the turnover luck. They, you know, obviously had bad luck with the turnovers when they were starting wins, and at the same time, they managed to put themselves in this spot where they were in a lot of close games at the end, despite not being mm-hmm. a very good team. So I guess yeah. probably a little bit of kudos for the 2022 season. Yeah. Uh, and then now, yeah. you know, that we've, the ownership thing is taken care of. We can move on to fixing the team. I'm not sure where the new ownership group lands on uh, the coach at the very top. Sure. I haven't heard a lot of quotes on that. You know, obviously you don't come out. Or maybe this guy would. He he doesn't seem to be too shy about saying things in public, but you know, you don't come out and be like, yeah, we're probably replacing it next year. Yeah. You know, it uh, does feel like that's in the range of possibilities, but the, the coaching room here is very, very interesting to me because of, you know, you, you have a lot of experience. Then you bring in a new offensive coordinator that is basically like, I don't know. I consider him like a rookie quarterback or he's no, he's, I mean, he's Jordan love. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like, what are, what are we going to get from this guy? And an unknown I, quantity. Yeah. It really feel like, you know, there's some offensive coordinators who God, I, I don't want to say, cause it's not as if they're not trying, you know, like, Oh, I'm not trying my hardest, but he really has to, do more than that. Like he has to put his handprints on this offense. It has to be like, that is, you know, we can see that working the quarterback play. If it were better, a lot of these schemes, a lot of these systems would work. He knows what he's doing. He just doesn't have all the pieces. Cause obviously like his, you know, his end goal is for sure. Head coaching. So sure. I, you know what, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like his yeah, handprints yeah. have to be all over the offense. Yes. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what that is, but. Yeah, he has to do. To he has to, you're saying he has to do things to get him the credit if they, if it works. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And I think if I were doing that, I'd probably start Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> well, that is the weird, weird thing. I'm not, I'm not uh, patient if I'm that guy. Yeah, I mean the front office is, you know, they got to see if this works. If you if you can make it work with the quarterback spending you have. So as I mentioned, actually right now your quarterback room is not bottom overall in the NFL that distinction is a tie between the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts in terms of paying quarterbacks just because you're giving your backup quarterback some decent money in Jacoby Brissett um, but most of your salary is allocated to your D-line that 30% of the dollars you spend on this team are in the D-line uh, commies are kind of right there in the middle uh, of you know spending in the NFL right now uh, more spent on defense and offense uh, your offensive group that's uh, kind of getting the, the lion's share of the comp so far as your skill position players, your wide receivers in particular. Um, and yeah, so you kind of have some strengths in some areas where it's not obvious to me that you are going to win long-term in the NFL. You got to figure out the quarterback position and you're going to have to, you know, certainly would love, would rather a situation like Jordan Love finds himself in Green Bay where he's going to be well-protected. Uh, although I think you can say with a little higher confidence that the wide receiver room that uh, Sam Howell has to work with is 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 flat out good. Like this is a good skill position group, um, and you know so that should give them something, uh, you know, on the on the positive side of things. But let's let's talk about the D line that you're spending all this money on because it's an interesting case. 
you have a, a lot of first round draft capital invested in this unit. And there are some players who have scooped some hardware like Chase Young, defensive rookie of the year, um, who have not performed as well as some of the other guys that are in that room who you are now in the upcycle of paying. Right. And there, but it's a unit overall that is extremely, extremely talented on the front line. Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Chase Young. I don't think you're, I mean, it's nickname worthy. It's up there. (laughs) Like good front fours get nicknames and it's close to being to that level. And to Birdie's question there, yes, they can tag Chase next year, but you know, tags are based off uh, average salary from the years past. So, I mean, it's like, it's like $20 million to tag him next year. Although, it's probably what he gets on the open market. Yeah, that's that's fair. And I think I mean what we, from what we've seen so far in terms of production, uh, if you gotta pay Montez Sweat, you pay him. You know, if yeah. you gotta if you if you if you have to it's been uh, more consistent. Yeah, if you have to let Chase Young go so you can sign some other pieces or you can kind of if you feel like you need to make a move at the quarterback position because Sam Howell isn't it and you don't have enough draft capital to go get a quarterback in the draft next year, then you know, Chase Young is an expendable piece because, yeah, your best defensive player expected this season is Deron Payne, closely followed by Jonathan Allen. Those are your interior tackles. Montez Sweat is your best pass rusher, uh, and you've gotten really solid production out of a draft pick, and Jamin, da- Jamin, Jamin Davis uh, has played well at, uh, you know, at the uh, weak side linebacker. Um, the secondary is really where it kind of gets weird for this team and the way that they've put this roster together because you got a couple of rookies out there who are starting some important uh, important uh, snaps for you in uh, at the cornerback in the nickelback position. Um, I don't have a strong opinion on whether Emmanuel Forbes will work at the NFL level, but again, kind of Sauce Gardeners, the Patrick Sertans, those guys are exceptions to the rule, and mostly you see what you got from Derek Stingley last year where you know the game is moving too fast for you as a rookie. And therefore, you are somewhat exploitable. Uh, the safeties and other cornerbacks on the roster are nothing to write home about. So it is, to me, um, personnel standpoint-wise, it is a uh, uh, a good defense, but it is weak enough in the defensive backfield that uh, I have ish questions about uh, uh, what happens when they go up against elite quarterbacks, which they are doing yeah, much you more. Had, this year. I was just going to say you had that great point last year. The secondary was also not good, but the schedule wasn't as tough. They didn't face a ton of elite quarterbacks. They had a lot of respite from that. You know, there was a lot of spots where they didn't have to go up against really good wide receiver rooms where you look at the schedule this year and, you know, it's not going to be 17 weeks of hell, but there are some spots that are awful rough and they're awful rough right off the get go having, mm-hmm. you know, these rookie corners out against, well, I mean, I guess Tim Patrick is injured now and done, but Denver, Buffalo, Philly right in a row after the Cardinals game is going to be pretty testing for these young corners. And I mean, there's stretches down the, down the, down the field too, where you have the Cowboys, Dolphins, yeah, Cowboys, Dolphins, Rams, Jets, Niners, Cowboys to end the season. Yeah. And, you know, that obviously it's a long time from now and a lot of people can be hurt, but it's a lot of good wide receivers in those yeah. five teams in those six weeks. Yeah. That's going to, it's, if, if these young guys you know, don't turn a corner, you need at least one of them to be like replacement level pretty fucking quick. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's fair to have an expectation of Sam Howell this year that he's going to be a bottom five quarterback. I mean, this isn't, you know, anything better than that is house money. Uh, this is sort of the same deal that Texans had with Davis Mills last year, where you're like, look, we're paying him so little. If this happens to work out, this is franchise altering. So we got to try. That's kind of the read I get. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's going to give you a better chance to win a game week in, week out. And at some point, it's the question is going to be, is there a, schiz- a schism, a schism between the defense and the offense where the pass rush and the elite guys, those guys are well compensated. So they're probably just going to keep their mouths shut. But uh, is it become an issue where, you know, the defense is upset that the offense is giving them more support uh, possible um, skill position group? As I mentioned, the wide receivers are good. Um, definitely a good, uh, just in general, good job drafting and developing that talent. Uh, but tight end, huge, huge question mark, uh, for the, you know, the roster overall running back, not especially, you know, strong. So, you know, it's going to be up to how to you know, score you into the twenties if you want to win games, I, I think. Um, and I just don't have a ton of confidence that that's going to happen, uh, overall, considering they got be moving past Dan Snyder and you get a little bit of a, you know, breathing room and you have some talent on this roster. Actually, I didn't really go through the, who they lost, who they added. Let me do that real quick. Um, added Jacoby Brissett. Fine, but I don't really get it. <laughs> added Andrew Wiley. Good. Uh, you know, interior protection, but not enough to really move the needle for me on your offensive interior offensive line. Um, and then a bunch of depth beyond that, uh, players who probably weren't going to get gigs anywhere else, except for, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Nick Gates has anything left in the tank, but he's O-line depth. Uh, you lose Taylor. Yeah, it wasn't great mm-hmm. coming off. I mean, bad, bad injury came back off that. We'll see. Maybe it just, maybe it takes a little time, but offensive yeah. line, I, they made some changes it's really tough to say how that's all going to work out as they start to gel as a group. But from a, you know, 10,000 foot view, it looks like you made some changes in offensive line and it's probably about a neutral. Like, yeah, that's fair. I, I don't, I don't. And some of that is just because he can't get much worse. It wasn't yeah. great. I don't think we're going to get markedly worse, but it doesn't seem like those are the kind of guys that have huge upside. Yeah. So if, if the offensive line improves a little, kudos but doesn't feel like there's a the big upside to that and yeah. you have uh some uh you know competency at left tackle at least from a pass pro standpoint and the rest is kind of kind of rough as you go down the line yeah offensive line i average 29th uh you could have made some moves there and you didn't um, the guys that you let walk away from the team this year, perfectly fine. I, no one here moves the needle for me whatsoever. The only borderline is Bobby McCain. The safety was slightly better than replacement. Everybody else on this list was perfectly fine letting them go. And I think eight of seven or eight of them are still out of the league. So, you know, it makes sense that uh, you let them walk. They don't have a job in the NFL otherwise. Um, yeah, you didn't add much. Addition by subtraction with the ownership change. Excited to see what happens with the enemy. So I give their overall off season a B. Would have been an A just yeah, on their owner like, move, but I, I feel like roster we're not really changing. Yeah, I think you have um, to. Bringing in the enemy doesn't feel like it has downside. 
You know, no, no. You could be, oh my God. It's downside for him. Yeah, it's downside for him. For the team, if I'm a team, team, no. That's a that's a great move, bringing some fresh blood in and seeing if uh, if we can you know get that sapling off the tree and see it bear fruit. Because who knows? That could be he could have been a much bigger part of that offensive game plan than we know. It'll be it'll be really funny if this team's putting up thirty with like percent, and the the Chiefs starts and struggle. My God, the media would have a heyday with it. That's that's one of the funnier outcomes. So you think that there's standpoint. a realistic chance that Brissett is gets the green light because he's outperforming Howell Camp? I don't know what the, they're not really saying so much, but that it's just what I would do. <laughs> like I, I guess that you want to see what you get with Howell. You're not paying him much, but I mean, it depends on I guess what your you know, what your overall evaluation of him is based on practice and the little bit you got to see him in a game and how he, you know, preps, you know, they know a lot more about what he's doing behind the scenes than we do. If they have a positive evaluation and they think there's a chance that he's a starting quarterback, I guess you roll him out there for a few games and see what you have. But and if, okay. it, it, I mean, it depends what your goals are. Like, do you want to try to compete for a playoff spot in a, conference where you could probably compete for a playoff spot if, if things go well enough to get you to 500 or better yeah or do you want to find out what sam howell is and then if that doesn't go well tank for a quarterback yeah uh yeah okay i, I, I do think they go with him like okay. that feels like the move i don't see jacob Brissett succeeding with an interior line ankle anchored by Chris Paul. I didn't even realize Nick Gates was going to be the starting center. Apparently Nick. What's Gates that? Or like there's a rookie center. third or fourth rounder behind him. It's that. Yeah. Or the rookie. Yeah. It might, who knows? Year, it might be the seventh rounder. Chris Paul, who I have no rating on Sam Cosme has been fine, but nothing to really write home about. He's below replacement level actually by my ratings. Um, Andrew Wiley yeah. is fine. Tackle Charles Leno. I have a huge question marks at left tackle. Um, so I think it doesn't ultimately, get a good run grade. Um, no, I think ultimately this offensive line is probably going to prevent you from really getting a good read on Howell. And, and that's probably the problem with, you know, Brissett when he looked okay last year, yeah. he was also protected by what? Really, really good line. Top yeah. five offensive line as well the whole year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The weapons are good, but yeah, you can have the, the interior pressure is not going to do him any favors. Yeah. So I think, Did you know, Brissett finished top 10 EPA per play. He was effective when he played. Yeah, you know what? His there's misleading signal in that though, because his starts were all in the better time of the year weatherwise. You know, there you know all quarterbacks in weeks one, two, three, four, five have just in general better EPA per play than you're going to have weeks twelve through seventeen. So a little bit of bias there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. This looks like a team that's going to struggle to score out of seven. So, uh, yeah, any game that they get more than 17 points on the board, I think they're going to come in and feel pretty damn good. And if if uh, Biennemi really has something special up his sleeve, uh, he's going to catch me by surprise because I think this is a dead nut under bet again uh, with a lot of their matchups that we see on the schedule. So with that, uh, do you have a different grade for them? By the way, no, off season? I'm, no, I'm, okay I'm excited to see what we get out of Biennemi. I don't like like you said. I don't fully understand the reset thing. Is if if Howell fails, like I just let him keep playing. 
<laughs> let's tank then. If he sucks, let's win two games. Let's go get Drake May or something. I, I don't want to win if he's not good. It's like, yeah. oh, it's good. Like Brissett came in and led us to, you know, four and four over the last eight games to get us to six and eleven. Good. <laughs> good job, guys. You know, that's that's not the that's not the outcome you're looking for at that point. So no. um yeah, tank for Caleb. That'd be would if you were if you were ownership would you trade some of the pieces that you have that are good at non-premium positions or would you stick with for anything (laughs) like for draft capital in the future like would you tear this thing down to the studs or are you okay with purgatory-ish d-line being excellent (laughs) you'd have to you'd have to look a little at the contracts for some of these guys before you can answer a question like that i suppose yeah because okay. you have to think like what is our almost like a startup what's our runway for for this with the wide receiver group we have with the defensive line yeah group we have i i think um, yeah. young in a lot yeah. of spots though i i don't think i'd tear it down I'd, I'd look at some some veterans that are making more chase young would be gone for sure yeah i don't think you pay him 20 then unless yeah. he really if he if he goes out and has 18 sacks he tag his ass for sure like yeah. guess what we get you next year too and um, you know, obviously it depends on his performance, but yeah, let's, let's look at the schedule and see just how, how low we can go. Yeah. The hog gets, I have one of my favorite whale logos. Yes. There, the hog get one. We have a lot of games. Off the, <laughs> off the start. Yeah. Nice, nice week one. Nice week one. Um, scheduling quirk. Uh, you're, you got the, you got the support of the home crowd fired up for the new regime and you get probably the best matchup of your entire count your entire schedule right there week one everybody's gonna feel great um i would i'm gonna have sincere thoughts about laying the six because i don't know how arizona's scoring against this uh this particular defensive scheme and the skill position group and you know sorry this defensive front seven uh is gonna be a nightmare to face um the uh under in that one looks quite high to me i think it should be more like in the mid 30s um put push back a little on your green travel spot there too because team a little sure. diminished That's, because it's week one yeah. although the, their final preseason game is an away game but it's still like 12 days before they have to travel to washington still you are traveling cross country and playing you know playing on the east coast right off the bat for a, a west coast team who kind of stinks yeah 17 three commanders says uh patrick that would be awesome that's that, feels that would awful. be awesome that feels awful uh common score yeah uh, washington's not a crazy uh crazy contrarian survivor play in week one in my opinion uh because i don't think you're using them the rest of the season because as you can see on the schedule andy they're dogs <laughs> and, yeah, and that early start time for arizona too that is a 1 p.m start time for the oh, west yeah. coast team Good call. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a uh, a little bit of a you know potentially misleading result uh, week one compared to the rest of the schedule. Um, week two, you go at altitude, not a great spot uh, at all, facing a, a Denver team that has really really good secondary. Uh, Washington might struggle to get to seventeen points in that one, surely. Um, versus Buffalo. Somehow, some way, I feel like Buffalo may be favored by more than four and a half in Washington <laughs> once we see what happens to Washington and Denver. Uh, and then similarly, uh, you know, a, a nice this is this is this is a really uh, a hell of a, uh, you know, a, 
a way to round out your first quarter. Uh, Josh Allen at home and uh, Jalen Hurts on the road. Uh, two of the best offenses, bang, bang, back-to-back. Um, really going to see you know some wild score lines there. I'm considering what that Philly front did in the you – know, less so in the game that uh, Washington managed to take, but in that first game against – I think that was a Wimps game. I mean, it was just – they were on him. That offensive line did not hold up against uh, the pass rush scheme they threw at him. And it's a little easier after that. But again, those are the, if you want this, if you're like one and three, I'm just, as a fan, I'm not sure I want to win those next two or three games. Oh, like, man. At, at that point, I'm like, fuck this season. This Wentz got yeah. sacked nine times. Yeah. <laughs> that was a wild one. Um, all right. Uh, Thursday night football. You're a favorite right now against the Chicago Bears. Uh, at home, week five. I guess. Okay. That's your only primetime game of the season. It's at home. Uh, it's against Fields. Uh, really interesting matchup because it's strength versus, you know, that you're really good D linemen are going to be running around like maniacs trying to catch Fields, which is kind of a fun thought exercise how that plays out. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some coin flips on here that I could see you coming away with wins. Atlanta, maybe Giants, maybe sure. Why not the Giants? Why not Seattle? Why not New England? Like, you know, if you're going up against a team without a premier, uh, you know, thrower of the football, then you're going to be in those games, I think. Uh, and I count. Let me go. Let me count the games that 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 you are going up against a non-premier passer. Arizona for sure. Uh, we'll say Chicago. We'll say Atlanta. We'll say Giants twice. We'll say New England. We'll say Seattle. Uh, and we'll say the Rams. That's about it, Andy. That's only eight games and, where you realistically Seattle, have a shot. Seattle, Seattle might be, of, yeah. That's a really tough one, two, three at wide receiver. And if Gino is okay. Yeah. A, yeah, that could bad. be that could be a bad one. Yeah. So I, I think outside of those eight games, like I kind of think you're drawn dead against the likes of the Dallas's of the world against the likes of the San Francisco's of the world, against the Miami's of the world, against the Phillies of the world, against the Buffalo's of the world. So, yeah, you're in you're in a little bit of trouble because I don't think your defense is holding them into the teens, and I think your offense is going to struggle to get into the twenties. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of losses on this. It's going to be a it's going to be a rough season for the Hogs. Oh, then yeah, just coming off a late buy into two road games and then two home games against teams that are a lot better than you um, at the you know especially at the wide receiver position. Yeah, you're going to struggle if these rookies don't take a step forward. So. Could be a rough end of the season. You know, my my range five comes as low. Yep. But just because, like I said, what kept him in games last year doesn't feel like that's what Eric Bieniemy wants to put his stamp on. Like, hey, maybe I will run the ball five, six hundred times, look bad doing it, and we'll win some close games. Like that's not how you advance. I don't suppose. It's going to be interesting to see what he puts out there, but it certainly just doesn't feel like it's going to be anything similar to what we saw last year. God, dude, yeah. Like, the personnel is so different than Kansas City. You do not have a good pass blocking unit. You do not have an an all-time tight end. You're missing, like, the two key things that really, really, really um, kind of help Mahomes have a very impossibly high floor. Um, Just don't exist. Look at those odds. 
Yeah. Commies to win the Super Bowl is 65 to 1. Yeah, right. <laughs> that feels like it is at a minimum three years away, if at all. Uh, NFC plus 450. Nope. No, no that's, that's missing a zero. That can't be. That's missing a zero. 45 to 1. Uh, NFC's 13 to 1 is probably a pass just because the top of this division is so good. I don't think you're winning enough games in division to warrant any kind of consideration, even at that really, really high price. Well, just you'd need multiple teams to struggle mightily that have what 10 plus win totals and the Giants not to take any step forward. Like, I'd need like a 20. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. Um, not a lot of activity in the win total market betting on or against these guys sitting at six and a half. A uh, little juicy to the under. This is about the same price that it was in like early May, April. Like people have just been kind of looking at this one and shrugging and moving on. Um, not uh, nothing that I've seen that uh, suggests the market has strong feelings one way or other about these guys. Um, I don't think there's really any reason to look in any other awards markets or any other no, kind of someone brought up for these guys what do you think someone brought up the uh, defensive player of the year for chase i don't know if the price is quite there um yeah i mean comeback player of the year is just such a dead market because of uh, hamlin being in it kind of makes you wonder if you should even look at the other prices coach of the year You'd have to win the division. Like at that point, give me an NFC price, I guess. <laughs> first coach, I have seen Rivera up on the first coach fired, which I don't know if that's what you do as a new ownership, just come in and rock the boat hard right off the bat, half the season in. It'd have to be going pretty poorly, and I think he garners enough respect to at least work his way through the season and go his separate ways. You know, uh, an amicable split on Black Monday. Yeah, he has won it twice. And the second time was just due to the year before. I think that was when Cam got injured year and they they're facing they won like a, two games. They're facing a pretty tough schedule of opposing defenses. Uh do you have any appetite for fewest points scored? Lowest regular season scoring team commanders are plus nine fifty. That's not bad. That's not a bad look if you had to have something. You wanted to cheer against the commanders. I like that better than just playing their under six and a half. Because, like, a, a guy like Howell, if you're a defense scheming for him, you're probably giving him the middle. You're letting him kind of matriculate, and you're really putting the clamps down in the red zone, right? Like, isn't that kind of the the, the general approach you see to to kind of untested young quarterbacks like this? Yeah, don't let him. Uh, don't let him. Tr- well, give him lots of opportunities bait. to make mistakes on his way yeah, down bait, the field, and bait then him just into, drop, yeah, bait him drop into a hammer on mistakes. him in the red zone. Yeah, disguise coverages. Give him, give him the easy stuff, and then disguise coverages to turn the easy stuff into turnovers. Yeah, that's kind of how I would expect teams to defend him. Which means we're probably not talking about many touchdowns scored here. Which makes nine plus nine fifty. I'm gonna I'm gonna chew on this one. 
There's a lot of bad teams in the NFL this year, Andy. There's some bad offenses. I don't know if you've caught that whiff going through any of this. Yeah, but they, so they, far, they but... might have a decent defense to go with it. Yeah, this this team and this, these guys specifically face a really tough slate of uh, of defenses. Actually, all right. I have their... Yeah, Rivera does like to kick. It's a good call, Sam. Sam, I believe, is a uh, Redskins football team commander's longtime fan. For the uh, what? And then maybe they can have a fourth name. That we didn't bring that up because it doesn't really affect the betting. Or, but I guess you can bet on it. They've mm. kind of thrown that around. Like, yeah, we might change the name one more time. So I have. I I did this exercise because I was curious. I projected who's going to score the most and fewest points just out of curiosity because these mm-hmm. markets are taking decent sized bets. I have Washington in a virtual tie with Arizona second for last. Um, so this is a combination of their offense being 31st and their yeah. schedule of opposing defenses being better than 12 average. to one at DraftKings. Dan says. I might make that. that that's where the punt. Yeah. I think that uh, might be the way to bet these guys. Might be worth a punt. So yeah, range range of outcomes. Now. I mean, just looking back at that schedule, range of outcomes is definitely you know a top five pick. If you if you play poorly at the quarterback position, you're going to lose more of those coin flips than you win, and you can end up three and fourteen. Like you could end up with a very bad record. If we see any bit of you know a spark from the the Howell B enemy tandem, you know your your ceiling is probably where you were last year, maybe a little better. You know eight eight nine wins. That's that's available, but it's just the schedule is too tough. Uh, if, considering what like a reasonable ceiling for Sam Howell is like the schedule is just too tough to say like, Hey, if they surprise and the offense is really good and they get more out of him than they ever thought they're going to win 12 games. Like it just, just doesn't really feel realistic considering who they have to play in the division they're in. So yeah, somewhere in the three to nine wins, it feels a little wider yeah. because they have so many coin flips. Yeah. That's a very fair way to put it. You win every single coin flip. You're winning nine games. If this, Entire experiment goes sideways. You're winning two or three. Um, what in the fuck is going on here? Are you on Bookmaker? Yeah. Is your account? Uh, I had a DM totally for somebody too. Normal? So yeah, you you shouldn't be able to see your balance, your history, or your account balance, or your open bets, or anything. What's you going on? Ask, I don't know. Nobody What's knows. going on here, man? It's probably just a maintenance. Clear your cache. Um, yeah, betting plan, not a lot of positive bets to be made here. Some unders throughout the season. If it's a good spot and the number's a little high, if that gets too far and we like a few things match up offensive wise, maybe there's a spot we can buy back and it's an over team for a week or two, but I like a uh, few points scored at, uh, DraftKings. <laughs> Thanks Dan. That's good, uh, but good, good look. Yeah, that's a good little look. So otherwise, uh, HTTR. Um, great fans. Hopefully they get their new stadium figured out. Yeah, bring it back to the city. Rename them. Rename the team one more time. First uh, first football game I ever, first football game I ever saw, RFK. First concert I ever went to was at RFK. They put that book, they put that sports book in and they did it like right after football season. Yeah. And yes, this place is going to be very busy and that's a cool feature to have during football season, but man, where that stadium is, 
It's just not buying anything. Like no one, you're not driving out there. Like I'm gonna go hang out at the sports. I mean, you drive past it on the freeway going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> is that does that count? No. Um, so, all right. Well, uh, yeah. Week one under a solid look. I was gonna see any other notes I had on here. Uh, fingers, um, my fingers are crossed that the the commander's offense looks good enough against the Cardinals' defense that there maybe that moves to a three in Denver week two, and then you can bet on the Broncos at a cheap yeah. price there. Um, yeah, especially if the Broncos in any way struggle with the Raiders week one, then that'll be a nice spot. To so, and so you know the Broncos, the nine sacks definitely added the, to this too, but. Whenever we do that with Joe Burrow, and we say, "Oh my God, Joe Burrow's been sacked this many times," it's a, just always this eye-popping number. Um, you know, it, it, maybe it doesn't hit the same when you're saying this guy plus this guy got sacked this many times. But if you added it up, somebody mentioned this in a, a podcast or a video. It, it would have been the third most sacks taken by a quarterback if the quarterbacks were all one person, like oh for God. for a game. So I mean, that's that's the other part about whole ceiling because we don't see a big improvement in this offensive line and if uh if his sack avoidance because it is on him as well to work with that if his sack avoidance sucks it's it's going to be a struggle bus as well for this offense yeah he could have very little time to throw i know terry mclaurin somebody saved this man um all right let's wrap it uh good 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 Commies preview, and uh, let's uh, let's let's move up move move up the uh, ladder in the NFC East. Mm-hmm.